Welcome to another episode of Civic Cipher. I'm your host, Ramses Ja. They call me Q Ward, and that just so happens to be part of my government name, Ramses. What up, though? Um, big week, as usual. Um, but we got a few things to talk about that aren't just specific to this week. We got some yeah. things to talk about that have been conversations, if you will, baseless in my opinion, but conversations um, in the black community for ever, really, since I've been born, clicked on. Um, one of them is, well, what is the government doing for me? Um, and I want to talk about that's a loaded question, right? Right, because you know, there's, there, you know, there's a there's a good reason to ask those questions, but um, you know, there's there's a you know a glass half full and a glass half empty way of looking at you know, politics um, from this vantage point, uh, from a decided from a black vantage point. Um, and so, yes, uh, you know, obviously there's some folks that will look at it and think, you know, the government does nothing for us. We're forgotten, you know, this, that and the third. And then there's some people who look at the progress, no matter how small, and think, OK, well, we're moving in the right direction. This is this is just kind of the hand we've been dealt. It's not perfect, but, you know, the world will be a little bit better when I leave it than it was when I entered it. And that is energizing to some degree. The thing is, um, I tend to be <clears throat> of the latter mindset uh, more often than not. I, I tend to look at, you know, okay, what has been accomplished in my lifetime? What was the world I was born into? What is the world I'm in now? What will the world look like when I leave it? And, you know, there's some things where I look around and I say, okay, well, um, I've, I've seen a black president. I voted for him twice, you know, two times. Right. Um, I've seen, uh, the first female uh, vice president in the United States was black, is black. Um, I've seen, um, you know, obviously during the, uh, the, the dark Trump years, we saw that there's still a lot out there that needs to be dealt with, but you know, overall, I feel very optimistic about the trajectory of this country. Bless it, your heart. Um, well, you know, that's that's kind of what I'm, I'm, I'm making a case for. It. Um, I do feel optimistic. I think that for the most part, you know, there's enough. of You got to bear in mind that Hillary Clinton in 2016 did win the popular vote. You know, um, so there are more people that will stand opposed to racism and misogyny and, and you know, all these terrible things that have held black people and brown people back. There's more people that will stand against that than there are that will stand for it, um, as illustrated by the past two elections. Um, trouble, vote. trouble is, I think that's been the case for a long time. Of course. But our country has done nothing to correct the system yeah. that lets the minority win. Right, right. And and actively uh, or it continues to allow um we'll, we'll call it what it is the right to uh disenfranchise voters 
based on nonsense, right? Um, gerrymandering, etc. Uh, you know, um, there's lots more people that should be voting in these elections, and every vote should count. And the way it works now, I think I saw the the, the Netflix documentary that <clears throat> uh, a white man voter from Wyoming is worth like 1.75 votes, you know, in terms of its actual impact in the political sphere arena than a person in California, you know? Um, so it's this, these white males still, based on the, the weight of their vote, still control disproportionately, uh, uh, a disproportionate amount of um, policies and, and uh, you know, elections and so forth. So, shout out to the Electoral College. No, let's never shout that out. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's some uh, there's some people who take a, a different approach. There's some people who try to see the world as perfect. Um, as it is, they try to ignore the past and or, or otherwise they try to condemn um, the the, the plight of, of black people or otherwise they're extremely critical of black people and their our quest to have to live in a more equal world a, a fairer uh, go at life and some of these people are names that you well know uh, Candace Owens is one of them um, and uh, Marcellus Wiley is another one and before we talk about what I want to talk about, which is what has Joe Biden done so far with his executive orders that have affected black people, because that's a conversation that I've been hearing a lot, you know, oh, all y'all went out and voted for this man. And he still hasn't done nothing for you because I want to talk about that. You know, and I want to talk about what executive orders actually are so that, you know, people can be educated and we can maintain a little bit of optimism because it seems like a lot of folks are feeling real pessimistic right now, which I understand. Um, it doesn't help that they came into it looking to feel pessimistic. Right. Like nothing is good enough yeah. sort of, of people, you know, but, um, you know, we got to talk to them there. We're all in this together. So we got to deal with these people who are scared of everything and think everybody's out to get them specifically and that sort of thing. So um, you had some real strong opinions about some of these folks. So I want you to talk about those before we get to Joe Biden. Well, I really only want to talk about one of them. All right. And then we just have some examples of people that are from that same school of thought. Okay. I've been a, a, I guess fan is the right word of this show called Real Time on HBO. Uh, the host is a comedian and political pundit named Bill Maher. Uh, someone that our former president loathed. Which made him a friend of mine off bat. Like, oh, dude, don't rock with you heavy. Are oh, you my man? Like, but even prior to that, I've been, you know, watching and following this show for a long time. Uh, he tends to have a pretty pragmatic approach to politics. Rich white guy that kind of always stands up for the little guy, mm -hmm. right? He didn't vote his. He doesn't vote his best interest. He's a rich white celebrity. Um, the type of person that Donald Trump went to bat for. He just like 
I figured all of our friends and colleagues and allies would be smart enough to see that the dude wasn't a good person no matter what he did for you in your bank account or no matter what political plays he ran. Sure. He's just an awful person and, you know, it was pretty see-through. There was no veil. He didn't even pretend. Okay, never mind, because I don't want to take the 20 Wait, steps uh-huh. back that I'm about to. Um, but he had a guest on Friday, and I typically, if I'm working, and for you and I, every weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that was the truth. I would always either watch it on DVR in the middle of the night after work, or I would tune into the podcast when I was driving. It's essentially just the audio from the show presented as a podcast. And I'm driving home listening to the podcast and I hear this voice talking about white privilege and systemic racism, both being myths perpetuated by left wing extremists. (laughs) Forgive me for laughing, people, but it's 2021. And after... If you were an observer and all you ever saw of America was 2020, it'd be very, very difficult, even with that little bit of data, to say that systemic racism and white privilege didn't exist. Now, the funny thing is I'm listening to a podcast, so I can't see who's talking. But the first thing that bothered me is that Bill... The person who typically is on the right side of things is agreeing with the voice that I hear. And I'm confused at this point uh, to a point where my stomach started to, like, get uneasy. Like, I'm I was actually upset. So there's a third person on the panel. uh, A white guy who couldn't help himself but to interject like. Almost like, wait, what are you guys? What are you guys talking about? Like, so we're all sitting here saying that white privilege isn't a thing, systemic racism isn't a thing. Like, that's we're on HBO. Sure, you want to go down there? That's where that's where we are right now. And he doesn't like, he didn't riot for it. He didn't turn to Huey P. Newton, but you could just tell like he's the he's the bystander that's sitting there. Like, okay, I don't like even I don't typically ride for Black Lives Matter, but. Like this is this is where we are right now on Bill Maher's show on the guy who just spent the last four years stomping his feet to get this president out of office. You're OK. I guess that's where we are. I'll be I'll, I'll, I'll be quiet. And Bill made reference to something, something, something. The white guy. And I said, oh, so one of these guys must not be white. If he's pointing out that the white guy is the one that has something to say. And, you know, lo and behold, I Google Camille Foster, handsome, articulate, educated black man. And it was like getting punched in the stomach. Because in this country, there will always be a camera and a microphone and an opportunity for a well-spoken, educated black person that will take that stance There'll always be a job, yeah. an opportunity, Someone a check, a camera, a microphone. They will they will help you get that yeah. off. They need that for their confirmation Oh, my bias. goodness. Listen. This one person said it, so it's got to be. Clearly. Fun. He agrees with me, and he's black. <laughs> um, and, you know, he's not, he's sadly not a singular case. 
And there's a psychological question that I have to pose to you, Ramses. Okay. What happens where, especially in the cases of some of these people that I'm listing, all of these people that I'm listing. What are their names? Candace Owens, Marcellus Wiley, okay. Jason Whitlock, and you know, the aforementioned Camille Foster. They come from where we come from. Right. They reach some level of success. Maybe, because we know this in this capitalist society, they make a lot of money and maybe their daily isn't what it used to be. But how do they forget that it used to be that and or displace themselves from their brothers and sisters who still experience that stuff in a very, very real way on a daily basis? <sighs> That's a great question. Um, I think that at least for me, it's it's a matter of what is in your heart. Some people, like you know these people, there's some people that they, they get money no matter what, at any cost, right? You know these type of people. They don't care who they hurt, who they got to stomp on, what the what the price is, if, it, if someone might come and kill them, if they got to rob, whatever it is. It's, they're sometimes they're business people, sometimes whatever. They will undercut, they will do the most savage things, right? Sharks in bloody water. That personality type is something that can be found in people of all colors and people at all different walks of life and all different stations in life. And I think that most of the time people that adopt black people that adopt those what I would consider anti-black sentiments and then share them with you know, white folks, especially those white folks that really need to hear that so that they can feel better about their own racist practices, <laughs> you know, instead of confronting them and really dealing with them. Um, I think that those black people are, have that sort of personality type Well, they'll sell their own children. You know, they'll sell, of course, they'll sell their people out, you know. And again, if you're articulate enough, you can make anything sound good. Um, you and I had an experience once upon a time. Um, this was, uh, we were at a, a, a school. Um, I don't know if you remember the story, but there was a, a, a woman that worked at the school. And I think at the time we were talking about, it might've been a, 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 a police shooting. Cause this was before there was any Donald Trump or anything like that. So it might've been a police shooting of a black person. And so that conversation was in the air. And, you know, you and I were talking about something and the girl chimed into our conversation. Um, suffice it to say that she, like most people, are, uh, was, was intellectually inferior. Right? Um, but she needed to get something off mm -hmm. in that conversation. Mm -hmm. And she tried it and it didn't float. Not down this river because I'm not the one. Nor am I the two. Exactly. Three, four, five. None of them. Don't try me. Um, but then the next day she came back with a meme. And the meme was of Morgan Freeman. Uh, I believe it to be a quote taken out of context. But he said um, something to the effect of what should black people do about racism or something? And he said that black people should stop talking about racism and, and it'll go away or something like that. Um, now, I, I don't know if that was taken out of context, but it was a very small clip or whatever. 
And she showed this to me to suggest that I was somehow wrong. My lived experience was somehow wrong. And the lived experience of, you know, millions of, of people who have endured uh, these both visible and invisible uh, uh, racist um, policies, frameworks, you know, um, etc., um, because she had one person that said something that kind of, you know, supported what she was saying. Um, she thought everything was, if I was going to see that and it was going to be all good. Right. So I get that there are some people that need that. And if there's, you know, they're just like actors, right? You, you, you can get an actor that'll play the most dehumanizing, degrading role if you pay them enough money to do it right you i know you've seen this role before where you're like why is that person playing that role like it doesn't matter why why would this per woman play a dead body <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> like a naked dead body on bad boys too <laughs> why would anybody do that there's just no dignity in that but obviously there's always somebody that'll take that um Money is a very powerful motivator, especially in this country, because we idolize money and things so much. And so, you know, in my opinion, I think that, you know, you get the right person with the right personality type that lacks the, the same, you know, whatever conviction and, and, and mental discipline and spiritual fortitude, um, wave enough money in front of them and, and make sure they're articulate enough and they can they can tell you exactly what you want to hear. Or they'll, there's some people that don't even do that. They'll t they'll say exactly what you what you write. Um, and so, yeah, I get that there's people like that. Um, will I ever agree with them? I think that uh, I, f I forget his name, but um, I just said it. I think his name is uh, Camille Foster or yeah, Camille Foster. He's the one that said that uh, he doesn't self identify as black. Yes. Have you seen him? Did I send black. you his picture? Yeah. Yeah. No, I know who he is. He Wakanda black, bro. Yeah, no. Wakanda forever black. <laughs> He's Vanta black. No, I know. Yeah. I know. Exactly. Um, so, like he was in the Jabari tribe. I saw him. Yeah, yeah. He was doing that. Doing who, who, who. <laughs> like I was, he was in there, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. So um, for someone to say that, just imagine the, the, the mind, like imagine how far out there you have to be. Imagine who he's saying that to. He's not saying that to somebody who's actually black, who's, you know, well, I, every day I wake up, I see a black person, you know, he was trying to say something to, like, well, uh, race as a construct is not real in the world, you know, and, and I get what he's what he said, because there's a <laughs> medical basis for that race is not a real thing. It's imaginary. It's something that causes more divisiveness in our species sure than it should in a vacuum he'd but, be absolutely right right in the united states of america miss that's, me bro yeah that's not how it is exactly there is definitely div div dividing lines you know the, um I, I i recall the uh the meme of peter griffin holding up the uh yes the, the yes. color card the color chart <laughs> and if you're if you're a certain shade of brown you're good and you're protesting below a certain shade if you're below a certain shade you're a rioter yeah exactly um so um you know uh it's it's just th those sorts of weird things that these people try to get off um and and candace owens is another one um poor baby uh i, I want to say she said something like uh racism is over 
because she's never been a slave because she singularly her right has never been a slave right. and so you can imagine like I, I know that what we're doing is we're taking one part of what these people are saying and like making a big deal out of it but only because it would take us 30 hours, hours to go through everything to really discuss in depth you know their but you you do recognize that these people exist for mostly conservative white folks to feel less bad about what they know is the truth if if they were comfortable with their truth they wouldn't need these people these people would not be employable you know if they were comfortable they knew without a shadow of a doubt that their spirit was unperturbed you know if they knew that hey i'm morally centered i'm right with god i don't do anything i don't I, you know whatever they really knew that they wouldn't need anyone else to tell them that these people have jobs these candace owens these uh camille fosters and so forth have jobs is because it helps people to distance themselves from the fact that prisons are disproportionately crowded by black people and they know that black people aren't inherently bad any more than any other human being in the world is you know everyone knows that all human beings come from black people right so how is it that all the black people in africa are cool <laughs> and the black people in america are somehow you know and why is it that you know there's you know what I mean? Like there's certain things that you just cannot escape, no matter how much you try to manipulate the facts and the data and so forth. And these people are just additional examples that allow those types of folks to feel a little bit better about themselves and to further insulate themselves from the reality of other people. These are the types of people that build mansions and gated communities with walls. And, you know, they rarely interact with folks that don't look like them. And you know when they listen to the news as long as there's someone black that sells the same thing that they're telling themselves or that tucker carlson is telling them then they're like okay so there's a black person that agrees so look we're all on the same page here those guys got to get it together they got to stop you know having babies out of wedlock they got to you know the dad's got to stay in the home with the kids and raise the kids they got to stop committing crimes and going to jail they got to stop, stop committing crimes and going to jail this is this is a real thing as if we're folks. filling out permission slips to do that listen man this is a real thing for these people and so, um, again, the Candace Owens, um, I want to say that um, uh, Marcellus Wiley, he said uh, that white privilege doesn't exist as well. Um, and even I mean, it's similar to what you said about Camille when, you know, the the with his basis for the idea of race not existing, like it's a straw man argument, right? Like what right. you're saying is based in some truth that just absolutely doesn't apply to the conversation that you're having. Marcellus tried to take the position of look at me I'm from Compton and I made it to where I am I'm rich I'm successful I'm famous and to suggest that there is white privilege is the same as suggesting that there's a black disadvantage yes that's exactly what I'm suggesting but he's trying to say it on some like proud black power kind of tip but it's just like I said, another straw man argument that just based on the context of the conversation that you're having, that position doesn't stand. Like the, the nuance and the context that you're throwing away to make this really, really weak point on television, on Fox Network, by the way. Yeah, of course. Now, Where Fox would, Sports, but still. Um, Where else would that go? It's just kind of ridiculous, man. So listen. Um, and very anyone- disappointing. To anyone listening, first off, uh, thank you for tuning in to Civic Cypher. I'm your host, Ramses Jaw. They call me Q Ward, and that's my name. Yes, indeed. Um, and 
If you haven't done so yet, please follow our social media at Civic Cipher um, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, but if you were to go to our Instagram right now, again, at Civic Cipher, and I think it's on our Facebook too, there's a video that I put up. It's a short video, maybe two, three minutes, really brief. But for anybody that wrestles with this idea of systemic racism, there's a brief video up there that really shows exactly what that's all about. Because I think that for the casual listener of our show or listener of, you know, news, media or whatever, they might hear a term like that, but not know exactly what it means. Like, so there's an actual system of racism. That sounds crazy, right? So I think that if you take a few minutes and look into that, um, it would help explain why Q and I are both so up in arms about these other black people claiming that it doesn't exist. Um, and I think that to be fair, we should probably do a show on that. So um, if you're listening again, stay tuned um, because I think that we're going to uh, put that show together. We're going to dig a little deeper. You. Yeah. And just so that we can put that together and make sure that we're educating at the same time as we're you know, kind of discussing um, these things. And that's that's fair and necessary. I don't yeah. want us to just be on air just disagreeing right. without providing any context and education and to, to kind of help people understand a point of view that we've adopted because it's fact, not just because we like it, right. not just because it serves our purpose or the purposes of this show. So, and I do want, I would, I do want um, you to know that if... I needed to have that conversation in an elevator or in passing. I absolutely could. But there is a degree of journalistic integrity that I, I think that we have in this show that um, I want to maintain. And so given the right you know amount of time to prepare that and put it together, you know, when I talk about redlining, I don't want to just say redlining. I want to kind of help go through what that means, when it happened, you know, how it affected folks and so forth. And I know in my mind, but I want dates, things like that. So stay tuned for that. But for now, suffice it to say that we take it as, as fact that systemic racism exists and that there is such a thing as white privilege. I think even on this show, just to kind of meet folks where they might be, I've said in the past that white privilege is getting to start at zero. Um, you know, there's people who started negative two, negative three, negative four. There's people and that start at plus 100. Maybe. You they're know, if a, you're they're rich. They're, yeah. Yeah, they're on the other side of that. Yeah. But, that you know, scale. just being born and, and, you know, being a white, we'll call it a white male, healthy Christian, straight male, we'll call that zero. Um, you weren't born with any strikes against you. And so from someone born... At a, we'll call it a negative for a, a lesbian black woman with you know a you know something something else you know a few strikes against her she's gonna have a tougher go at life it's just facts right um from her perspective that looks like privilege but from a lot of white folks perspective they're like i was born with nothing i started at zero same as everyone else and so they're not able to really identify that not quite thing. but correct again i want to make sure that i script the show the right way to where it's not just a couple of seconds of me kind of painting that brief picture i really want to go into detail um now with that in mind um i do want to talk about um joe biden 
Um, he's in office. He's his pen is working, you know. So so he's he's moving, you know. Um, and you know, every time I see the news and the news talks about the president, Joe Biden, it, it it's a very different emotional response when I see you know the president issues executive order than from the previous president um yeah executive order is no longer a trigger right it's, it's not like because <laughs> you remember during the, those trump years you would pick up your phone man. in the morning it'd be something happened at 3 a.m and you're like oh man so muslim people can't come to the country no more what does that mean for my muslim friends how do they feel let me call and check on them i mean and the you one know. and the ones that are here need to register for some type of sure man all kind of nonsense you know or, or whatever it was um, And now the executive orders Seem to be a little bit more Okay we're gonna We're gonna make sure that we Foster a culture of Togetherness and fellowship And brotherhood and sisterhood and love In this country um, Bless his heart and, and Because he's riding with that He's not And I know it's not been a long time yet But just the fact that he's not wavering On his approach of unity and and I say this every time I get a chance to thank you for Ramses for helping me to get some type of grace. Right. You cannot defeat hate with hate. No matter how hard you try, it'll never be successful. Now, love does not always beat hate. Not always. But it has a higher winning percentage than hate. Sure. By far. Okay. So shout out to our president for maintaining his position on trying to work with and unite with people who have said out loud that they would rather our demise. He wants to unite the country. That's his platform. Kudos to him. Um, and, I, you know, that's to be fair, that's a tough thing to try to do. Um, there's so many different people and millions, of course, but so many different types of people, even if we're just like breaking them down. Um, and those different types of people have, you know, different values and different beliefs and different backgrounds. And, you know, it's, it's so interesting that we have a two party system in this country and we have, you know, literally there's like millions of people, you know, and you either got to fall into this political persuasion or that one and this political persuasion encompasses all of these things <laughs> and that one encompasses all of these things and so you might have a little from here and a lot from there so you're abandoning the things that you care about that this other party um you know but you gotta you know make that choice indeed but, um to his credit you know he's he's at least speaking to it and that matters I think a lot more than what we what we're used to now, because the previous president was such a bully, such a well, I'm going to do it my way. He fired everybody he worked with, or they quit. You know, he just anybody was, that disagree with him, right? Exactly. Um, and so, um, but what I want to do is I want to talk about. There's this other type of black person, right? This person is on Facebook. Um, this person is on, you know, Instagram or whatever. It's the it's the one-off sort of guy or girl. You know what I mean? 
oh, I'm never taking that vaccine. Oh, that's not a one-off. But, you know, like most people will say this thing and then there's a person, you know, I, of course it's not a one-off, but there's, we'll call it a handful that'll say this other thing, right? Um, perhaps because it's popular, perhaps it's because they're given to, you know, fear, things like this. Um, but I'm not talking about vaccines per se. That's We've done that show and we're probably going to have to do another one. On yeah. It. But what I'm talking about is the person that is aware that we have a two-party system. Uh, at least in the past administration, um, was aware that we had pretty much a vote for Donald Trump or a vote for Joe Biden. That was it. Those were the only two realistic outcomes that we were going to have from that election. There's never been any, it's never been any different. You know, and these are intelligent thinking, they, they would call themselves free thinking. And it would be very, very difficult to ever change that system. Right. Like, that's what we got. Yeah, that's just what it is, right? And there are these people who say, well, I'm not voting for Joe Biden because, you know, once upon a time in 1972, he did this one thing. Or, you know, Joe Biden is not going to do anything for black people any better than, than Trump has. So why would I even bother, you know? Um, or whatever it is that they need to get off, right? So this not one off but this type of person that exists you know in these groups and you know various spaces on the internet um you know they are just like these sort of like downers you know they never have it nothing is good enough for them the whole world is terrible the world sucks even good news is terrible you know what i mean oh we won the election well wait until he sees what you know Wait, 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 he he's never going to do anything for us. Ironically, same person that you brought up before. Two different issues, but it's the same it's the same guy. The same guy who's never taken the vaccine is the same guy that's like, "Oh, wait. Okay, that's why I don't said. Yeah, don't celebrate. Wait till wait till tomorrow because yeah. in that one day he's going <laughs> to Listen, man, the 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 thing is uh Kamala Harris got a bunch of whatever from fox and right wing media because she wasn't this and she wasn't that but when you see black people do it oh she was a you know she was she was the top cop in in you know like we, we still gonna need police Listen, you know man, what I mean? like they bring up her record as the da and as the i think she was attorney general sure her job was to enforce the law they bring up that she did a good job of enforcing the law as a strike against her. Uh, and, and to be fair, because I want to be fair here, I understand that the laws are not always like, you know, when when punishments are handed out or when, you know, tr you know, police enforce the laws, the laws are enforced differently from the police on the streets and the sentencing is done differently from the judges in the courtrooms. But my understanding is she's never actually been a beat cop and she's never actually been a judge. Correct. So when a criminal comes her way, she treats the criminal like a criminal again, and not excusing anything, but you know, and we I mean, all, it's, it's not, recognize an, it's it. not an excuse. It's the necessary context and nuance that needs to be interjected into these conversations. Sure. Okay. So, um, yeah, so she will take a criminal um, of any color, you know, the criminal is a criminal. We all can agree that of that, um, and then do whatever she does accordingly. 
Now, if she has a disproportionate amount that looks like this, it's not. Be, I don't believe it's because she's looking for those people. That's you know a, a function of policing. Yeah, that's you know? why. And and you know um, the way policing is done, and and certain neighborhoods are overly policed, particularly black and brown neighborhoods. Um, and then in terms of convictions, obviously that's the way that sentencing is in the whole criminal justice system. And so she was a part of, of the machine, but. The point I'm making is that for all these people to have this, such a strong opinion about her and, uh, you know, she's not black enough and they just, it's just one of these things where it's, it's never good enough. These are the same people that had problems with Obama. These are the same people that are going to have a problem with whatever else good happens. Anytime a bunch of black people are celebrating something, they are going to be like, well, that's what black people, y'all all like ribs. That's why y'all got high blood pressure. This is that guy. You know what I mean? Nothing's good enough, right? And God bless them. Sadly, that group is growing, though. It's yeah. it's discouraging, man. Yeah, yeah. but, you know, and, and God bless them. I recognize that, you know, that's, it, it would be hard for me to wake up every day and the world just be that terrible. I have joy in my life. I'm happy. I have opportunity. There's growth. I could see progress. Like I said, we started the show talking about, like, in my lifetime, what I've seen. Yeah. And no matter what, if, if these people aren't perfect people. I don't think I'll ever see a perfect person in my life. You know what I'm saying? When I get to heaven, maybe. <laughs> but, and that's also not the expectation. Right. You're not just, expecting just do perfection. Just do the best you can. That's it. I'm not perfect, you know. Um, but somehow, you know, these people get picked on because... Uh, these certain black people that nothing is ever good enough, you know, they pick on them. So it's to this group of people that I want to talk um, because we've all heard or seen these folks. And one of the biggest things that comes up, uh, at least in my timeline, one of the things I've seen is, well, Joe Biden ain't going to do nothing for black people. What has Joe Biden done for black people, you know, in, a, in his executive orders? Um, so what I want to do is I want to talk about, A, what, what is an executive order? And B, I want to kind of go through some of the executive orders that he signed. Um, and really take this and break it down in such a way that where we can understand that what we're seeing is good. And the fact that we haven't seen more is not necessarily bad. Um, sometimes you have to be strategic. Sometimes things, you know, there's a long game, you know, of, uh, of uh, 400 years of, of racism doesn't go away and the, and the implications and the effects of it and the way the country was built and so forth, that doesn't go away easily, especially when a lot of the people who and still reap the benefits of that enslavement, whether they can see it or not, they, the, the, the benefits are still there. Their children will reap those benefits, whether they see it or not. Um, to, to dismantle that in its entirety takes more than just a few days in office and some executive orders. And so, um, again, I want to talk about what an executive order is. So an executive order is not a law. It is a directive from the president to people who carry out jobs in the government um and so there's a lot of power in that you know in an in, in, in executive order but it doesn't it's not like congress and the senate met and approved a bill yeah, it's not it's a constitutional law. amendment right it's not it's not one of those things 
Um, and the truth is what a lot of black people want. A lot of black people want reparations. A lot of black people want, you know, um, federal mandates, you know, and, and guidelines and things like that for policing. A lot of black people want, you know, an end to mass incarceration and into the war on drugs and, you know, a lot of things like that. Um, those type of movements take legislation right and you time need, you need congress you need bipartisan senate. support exactly and for for all the black people that are so critical of the system that has failed them and rightfully so you know you you have a right to be critical it's the it's the only system there is it's not that you can either withdraw from it and just take it on the chin for the rest of your life or you can engage and get some other people who are like you to engage and elect you know senators and campaign for people and and get people to you know to that share your vision in office or run yourself you can even as wide-minded as it and and, and dream-minded as it may sound can sign up and run for office yourself say it let them know and you know it, it may seem like a daunting task and beyond your capabilities but it's not Every single person that you see running and getting elected for office every year, they're not superheroes. Regular folks. They are regular people like you that wanted to be a part of the system that governed them instead of just a non-active participant. Let me Now, let me add this. Um, you might have to, if you're one of those people, you might have to understand that your platform is going to require that you have a little bit of faith in your fellow man you can't be scared of vaccines and the, you know all that paranoia stuff well i guess you can do that and still run for office yeah, you can like be absolutely but in order to like really get to the levels in government that are really necessary to help you know get these policies and these things that you might want to see across the finish line you know you have to recognize that there's going to need to be some compromise in terms of your beliefs you know, I might think they're bizarre. You might think they're entirely founded. You know, vaccines give people autism and, you know, uh, the government is bugging everyone and whatever, whatever it is, you know. You remember polio? Have you ever heard of polio? I've heard of it because I got a polio shot in the 80s. You remember measles? I don't remember having it, but I've got a measles shot. You remember chicken pox? I got chicken pox. I'm really from the 80s. But your babies didn't they because they came out with a vaccine for it because they came out with a vaccine. like that's what i'm saying like like i know it's in vogue to pretend science isn't real now but there's a reason people don't die of polio anymore measles chicken pox these things used to kill people you would die if you got sick yeah. they developed vaccines for them not only do we not die from them anymore we don't even get them anymore because they're gone Okay, I'm just, you know, <laughs> Google is free. But see, the, the, that's the simplest argument. But, you know, these types, and, these type of people, they don't want the simplest argument. And I owe everybody an apology that can hear me right now because that was the worst stance to take. Like, I, I don't like to make people feel unintelligent right. by the stances that they take. So that was the wrong way to frame that and present it. But I get frustrated when there seems to be this contingent of contrarians now that want to debunk every myth every you know the conspiracy theorists used to have their own like space over here somewhere and now 
they're out front and there's so much misinformation so much disinformation and so little fact checking and actual academic research that we can write something that's completely unfounded baseless and untrue publish it put it out and if we articulate it well enough it sounds legit one person will see it they'll feel away from reading it not researching to make sure it's no it made them feel away so that's that's what they think now and that's what they're going to tell all their friends passionately I don't even mean to make a left because I know you was going straight. No, 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 no. I, I like that. But I'm like, man, we need to talk about it. Um. So yeah, uh, you know, if if we want to get into politics, so one one example I want to want to share is uh, Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell wanted to make sure that when he lost the majority seat in the Senate. There was now there are now more Democrats in the Senate than there are Republicans. Democrats, if you don't know, uh, tend to be voted into office, um, and and black people's votes largely tend to go to Democrats, Democratic candidates. Um, so the expectation is that there's going to be um, more progressive policies enacted for black. Folks, because now there's a Democratic majority in the Senate and in Congress. And since the president is a Democrat as well, um, now we have all three branches of government with the or the Supreme Court is heavily Republican now. But very. <laughs> but, um, you know, in terms of getting something into law, the, the Supreme Court can only say if the law is unconstitutional, you know, so provided, you know, if the government with all three. You know the Senate, the uh, the House, and then um, the president. The, the president, they can get something enacted. You know, let's say forgive student loan debt or whatever. You know, it's not like that's an illegal thing. So the Supreme Court has no say in that sort of a thing. Anyway, um, Mitch McConnell is has maneuvered in such a way over the past you know four years to where, despite there being more uh, Democrats in the House of Representatives. Um. Uh, in in Congress specifically, um, that he hasn't even allowed for there to be a vote on these Democratic. You know, he controls it, so he just won't even let people vote on it, even though it might not pass, might not get enough votes because he had the Senate majority, wouldn't even let it go to the floor, right? Um, before relinquishing control of the Senate, because somehow that's a thing, you know, uh, they had to like confirm the new people that were voted into office. Um, some came from Arizona, which is where we're from. Um, so again, really proud of Arizona for that. Um, before even confirming them so that the actual majority could start, you know, um, governing. Yeah, exactly. He held it hostage for like, I don't know, a week, two weeks, however long it was just so that he could keep the filibuster. Filibuster is basically you get out there and you prevent people from voting. You know, it's basically what it is. It's a maneuver that keeps some, yeah, some people from voting. It's the reason that President Obama wasn't the black version of Donald Trump, right? A lot of, of, of black people's problems with Barack is that they felt he was too 
too much of a centrist. He, he, he tried to appeal to both sides of the aisle too much. And he did not have a flagrantly black agenda. Like they wanted the black version of Donald Trump. They wanted someone to just go into office, push for everything that we've been denied for all of this time and do it now. Like He was supposed to go in there, not care about the rule of law, proper legislation, actually running things like they're supposed to go. But like this last president, he didn't care. So that's how I think a lot of not. I think I watched a lot of, you know, black people. People wonder how Trump got more black votes the second time. Being so disenfranchised and oppressed for so long, when Obama won, there is a section of our culture that really wanted him to be like black Superman. Yeah. Like if Malcolm X were president, how would he have done it? You know, a strictly for us black agenda. And there was a lot of things that he wanted to do. But just like when Trump was in office, they had the majority. Same when Obama was in office. And there were a lot of things that were filibustered for, just for like kicks. Just because they didn't want. Oh, Obama could have been a lot more effective. Pre- yes. Everybody could be a lot more effective president if they had the support. The reason why Trump got everything done is because he had a Republican Senate. And then for the first couple of years, he had a Republican uh, Congress as well. And he also didn't care that part. Like he. Wow. So um, for everybody that always has something negative to say, if you put that energy into getting a two thirds majority in Senate, because some things can pass with a simple majority, which is what the Democrats have now. Other things, more uh, progressive things will take a two thirds majority. And. You know, that means that you have to convince, I don't know, 13 Republicans. And again, we all tend to vote along party lines. You have to convince 13 Republicans to break with, you know, their party and vote something in the law. Um, Not just their party, but their constituents. Sure, that part. And so for everyone in these little pockets of their own mind, thinking that the world is never going to be good enough and anything that is celebrated is just they just rain on every parade you know um if they took that energy and put it into like actually getting some more democratic candidates in office or if you're believe if you really believe that you know black people need this and whatever whatever it is that you believe if you run for office and engage in the political system as, as opposed to like withdraw from it then at least you have a leg to stand on mm. with me, you know, because, again, we only have the system for you to say, look, man, well, what has Joe Biden done for y'all? See, y'all voted him in the office and he forgot all about y'all. He signing um, executive orders about COVID. Yeah. 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 I think COVID comes before a lot of stuff. You know, people are dying from that, you know, and disproportionately black people are dying from that. So, you know, if you if you're looking for it, it's there. You know, um, and if you're looking for what it is that you think is, you know, you're, you know, you being further disenfranchised, that's there as well. You know, you're, you're going to find what you're looking for. Um, some of the other things that I want to talk about is um, actually I'll read down this list. So some of the executive orders that Joe Biden's enacted, um, the mask wearing was a big one. Um, he wanted to make sure that the vaccines were rolled out 
Um, I'm going through these kind of quick just because it's a lot of words here. <laughs> uh, what else? He's uh, uh, paused federal student loan payments. Um, hopefully, you know, if we can get that all the way together, he can relieve student loan debt. I got a master's degree, so I got a little debt. I would love for that to disappear myself. Um, uh, some stuff about Medicaid, um, protecting women's health, um, and so forth. Uh, of course, reentered the uh, Paris Climate Agreement. Um, you know, we we all live on the planet together. An executive order to get that back on track makes sense. You know, without a planet, there's no black people either. Okay, y'all. So let the man do his job. Um, what else? Um, there's uh, an executive order on the revision of civil immigration enforcement uh, policies and priorities. Um, that one's for our brown brothers and sisters, uh, our Mexican brothers and sisters uh, specifically. Um, you know, there was a lot of nonsense taking place at the border for a long time with ice and with, you know, kids in cages and all the things that you know about. We talked about it on the show. We've, you know, seen it on the news. You know what I'm saying? You know, that that is something that he was able to get that off real quick just by signing some paper and having it put together. It's a little easier for that to happen. We don't have to feel like we're not a priority because that was done. Black people. You know what I'm saying? Or these specific black people. Most black people are just happy that we got out of that last <laughs> phase of our life. You know, so we're, most of us are just kind of chilling. Yes, indeed. We're just, you know, the world not being as tense as it once was. But for those uh, outliers, you know, um, you know, we got to, you know, let the man do what he's doing. Um, there's... Uh, an executive order for uh, uh, trans folks being able to serve in the military, which, you know, feel how you feel. I support that. I think that's dope. It's necessary. You know, everybody should have a right to feel, you know, welcome and have some dignity and, you know, have some security in their life. Especially in a country where not only our military, but our police forces are voluntary. You have to you have to volunteer to serve in that matter it's yeah. not we don't draft people right to deny people that want to serve the country based on something that's completely none of your business <laughs> is ridiculous um and then that brings me to some of the things that joe biden has done that folks might actually like these these outlier folks i need to come up with a name for this type of person um but one of them is an executive order on advancing racial equity and support for underserved communities through the federal government, um, which includes various directives to promote allocating federal resources and government benefits. Uh, the executive order on reforming our incarceration system to eliminate the use of privately operated criminal detention facilities. Um, you know, private prisons, for-profit prisons, that has an effect on the way policing is done. That has a, an effect on how many people are incarcerated and what type of people are incarcerated. Those places so, have quotas to meet. There you go. You Real we, life. We I'm not making least, this up. We need at least 80% uh, inmate capacity. We need people in these beds yeah. so our contracts can be served so we can get paid. That is the opposite approach that people should have when dealing with crime. We need to minimize crime. But a pr 
but a for-profit prison means we need to maximize occupancy in the prison in the jails so that means longer sentences harsher uh policing in in communities that don't need it you know because not every black community needs the t the amount of policing that's there um but when you put more police in if you okay north south east west right if you put all the police officers on the west side they're gonna find all the crime all the crime is gonna be found on the west side you know if you share the police equally on all sides of the city then you know it's gonna be a little bit more evenly distributed but you know just a simple concept there but hopefully it made sense um and uh another one is a memorandum on condemning and combating racism xenophobia and intolerance against asian americans and pacific islanders in the united states um which i think is very important um so my brother raka for those of you that might know me i have an older brother his name is raka he's in a in a group called dilated peoples um hip-hop group um before we started this show raka sat with me and he's like hey man um make sure that when you do this show that you speak to other people who have supported black people over the years because they don't always get to the same voice that black people get black people are visible and powerful in this country right so i wanted to make sure that i said that um here and i think that that's a win for black people too because we've been supported by asian people with the panthers and all the way up to black lives matter in this past summer so um that's important as well and uh, the executive order on ethics commitments by executive branch personnel. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think that those things all together are some things that he can do in the matter of days that he's actually been in office. Um, in, in addition to all the other things that he's done, but those are some things that at least have accommodated what black folks um, are at least going to want to see during this administration. And as as disenfranchised and oppressed as we've and lied to and manipulated and taken advantage of by our government as we felt has has been true, do some research. Ramses will remind you every week that Google, Google is, is free. free. <laughs> uh, our federal and state governments employ black people at a much higher percentage than most of corporate America. Yeah. And that might surprise you. They're the only ones without forced incentive that go out of their way to employ us at a higher rate so just another tidbit to add to what we were yeah. already talking about and that's gonna do it for us so once again i'm ramses ja and my name is quentin but my friends call me q ward and this is civic cypher please hit the website civiccypher.com submit your questions show topics uh, of course we need your donations uh consider becoming a patreon as well um, and of course, follow all our social media at Civic Cipher. And you can also download previous shows. And until next week, y'all, peace. <laughs>